0: Weird times, creepy crimes, and unexplained phenomenon. If it's weird and it's in Florida, it's on the SoFlo Weird Show. Here's your host and head weirdo, Mia Lorenzo.
1: Welcome, weirdos. Thank you for joining me. Are you in a COVID culinary slump? Let's face it, in the past year, we've all cooked at home more than ever. And if you're like me, your imagination and inspiration for new recipes has dwindled. In today's episode, we're gonna introduce you to several foods that are totally Florida-centric. Then we'll highlight some weird restaurant experiences from independent local businesses that we hope will inspire you to patronize. Small businesses are the backbone of America, and here in particular, they represent Florida's weird personality that we've all come to love and embrace. Our first item on our Weird Eats list is rattlesnake meat. If you've ever heard of Arcadia, you know that it's a place defined among the Greeks as a utopia, an idyllic pastoral landscape which embodies simple pleasure and paradise. We have an Arcadia right here in Florida, and it has everything a paradise includes. Lush greenery, sunshine, and of course, snakes. That's right. Rattlesnakes, to be exact, and to George Kenneth End, they looked mighty tasty, which is why he started his rattlesnake canning business. For the low, low price of a dollar twenty-five, customers could walk away with a five-ounce tin of creamed rattlesnake meat and become a card-holding member of the Subtle Society of Snake Snackers. His business was so successful that in 1937 he founded the town of Rattlesnake, Florida, near Tampa. Unfortunately, End met his end in 1944 when he died of, you guessed it, a snake bite. Next on our Weird Eats list is a reptilian delight, Gator Tail. It just wouldn't be Florida without the infamous alligator. And just like George End, local restaurateurs decided to turn to the native Florida wildlife for sustenance. At 42 grams of protein per serving, Gator Tail is nutritious and delicious. This tasty treat actually goes way back to the Ming Dynasty in China as one of the favored choices for wedding feasts. Because nothing says I love you quite like a 12-foot Cretaceous dinosaur. If you're ever feeling like frying up some giant lizard of your own, you can get your alligator trapping agent license and participate in the annual Florida gator harvest. Since Florida is surrounded by water, our next ingredient is found in the ocean. If you know Florida, you know the little chain of islands as the Florida Keys, but to the locals in the area, this is the conch republic. Established as a micronation in 1982, this region of Florida has been a hotbed for tourism, particularly those seeking to cast their hooks off the glittering coastline. To celebrate their independence on April 23rd, we recommend their crustaceous delicacy, which of course is indeed the conch. These giant snails can be served up many ways. You can find it as conch fritters, conch chowder, conch salad, conch ceviche, conch cake. Now that's something to chew on. But there's more than just wacky eats. Of course, which is why I sat down with weird contributor Michelle McArdle to look at some of Florida's most unusual restaurants. These eateries are filled with history, mystery, sweet eats, and out-of-this-world experiences. Welcome, Michelle. It's so good to have you back.
2: Thank you. It's good to be back.
1: Now, you and I collaborated on these weird eats list, and so you know that I had rattlesnake meat, gator tail, and conch. So before we get started into our unusual dining experiences, let me ask you, have you tried any of these? Like, Uh, Listen, I know I've never fed you rattlesnake, but have you ever tried gator tail or conch?
2: I know for a fact that I've had gator tail. I actually had gator and waffles. Um I was with you that time. That was the first time I had it. It was at 15th Street Fisheries and it was kind of something similar to like chicken and waffles. If you know that's like that's actually a pretty common combo. It'd be like mac and cheese, it's like chicken and waffles. Well, they did yeah. like gator tail and waffles. And then um I have had it later some of the beach bars in Central Florida here. Uh, they serve it up like as an appetizer. You do like gator bites and you can like dip it. It's like a chicken nugget. Mm-hmm. As far as conch goes, I want to say I've had it. I feel like I have. I feel like I can't officially have my Florida card until I've tried something like conch fritters. But I can't say definitively that I ever remember having it.
1: I've had gator tail too, but I think I've had it kind of like the way you had it, where it was like, you know, kind of fried with a dipping sauce, like you said, like a chicken nugget. I found it to be a little tough, you know, not quite like a chicken nugget. And as far as the conch, yes, I've had conch fritters and some of them not so good and some of them very good. For me, I think one of the best conch fritters I had was if you've ever been down to Key West, the one thing you have to do or everybody does is they go watch the sunset down in Mallory Square. And there was like a little place you could go and get conch fritters and they were perfect. They were absolutely delicious. Golden brown on the outside, fluffy on the inside. It was great. So, um, but I can't say, nor do I want to even try rattlesnake meat. That just sounded gross?
2: I think that I would try it just to say that I've had it.
1: Good for you. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) No way. Uh, Anyway. All right. So why don't we get into some of these really unique dining experiences that are indicative of Florida? The first up we have on our list is something called the rec bar. Now, the Rec Bar is located in the B Ocean Resort in Fort Lauderdale. And this place has live mermaids and aquamen that swim past the bar in front of the guests. They do burlesque shows, which sounds pretty hard to do underwater. So there are no tanks. It's all breath control. Now, I got to tell you, it's amazing what they do because you see these mermaids. They're swimming around. They're smiling. They're blowing kisses through the porthole. And it doesn't even look like they're breathing or struggling at all I would be like gasping for air going to the top so obviously there's got to be some kind of training in all this
2: well the reason that they're able to do that mom is because they're mermaids
1: right point taken you're absolutely right (laughs)
2: yeah obviously they can breathe underwater because they're mer people and that's what they do
1: So have you seen anything like this before? I know there are other mermaid attractions in Florida.
2: Yeah, there are the Wikiwachi mermaids, um, but I've never personally been to see them. Although if you are a fan of mermaids, I hear that it is highly recommended that you go to Wikiwachi and you see them because they are definitely a sight to see.
1: Yes, absolutely. Let's get a little background on the rec bar. Now the rec bar opened in 1956 in the Sheridan Yankee Clipper Hotel. Now that's on Fort Lauderdale Beach, and some of the most notable guests were Marilyn Monroe and its star namesake for the baseball player Joe, the Yankee Clipper Dimaggio, also known as Jolton Joe, who obviously played for the New York Yankees. And it was also featured in the movies where the boys are. Uh, that came out in 1960 starring Connie Francis and Analyze This, which I love that movie, from 1999 starring Robert De Niro and Billy Crystal. So uh, it's a kind of a famous place. It's made to look like this Spanish galleon that's at the bottom of the sea and it has all this like kitschy nautical interior. So it's kind of dark. And when you go in, it's all like tanks and portals and stuff, which is kind of neat. Now, what I saw... Like I said, I've never been there, but what I was looking at on YouTube, apparently what they have is they have like more of a family friendly show, you know, where they're just swimming around. It's cute. It's sweet. And then they have this whole burlesque thing. I don't know what that is because I didn't see the video, but apparently I don't know if the clamshells come off or (laughs) from the top or what but they have one they have one where it's all men like these aqua men, and they are so cool their personalities come through they're just to me they seemed way more lively than the women so it's really something to behold it's like a 30 minute show and it features this this lady if you look at the pictures which we'll post some on the website Medusa Arena and her aquatic crew. Now, she's like the lead choreographer. She's the person who kind of created the show. And from what I understand, she was constantly speaking to management saying, I want to put a show on, I want to put a show on. And they're like, nah, we don't want to, you know, that's not the kind of thing we want to do. But they agreed to let her practice there once a week. And once she was practicing, it became so popular that within a couple of months, They hired her and said, okay, put on a show. And it's been like a hit ever since, which is really, really cool.
2: I don't know why you would say no to that. Like it's dancing mermaids at your bar. Like why would that not be an attraction for people to see? And when I was looking up pictures of the bar, it's cool because the the literal bar uh, where you would sit and belly up and get a drink, um, there's actually glass behind it. And that's where the mermaids are swimming past you. So who wouldn't want to literally be sitting there at the bar, beer in hand, seeing all these beautiful people just dancing around doing a burlesque show in front of you?
1: No, I know. I, th- I think it would be the coolest. And I think that's the key, though. I think you just said what the key is, and that is to get a, a good seat. You would have to get there early because it's, it's a regular dining establishment, but I would think something like that when you belly up to the bar and you've got the window right there, that that's probably your prime spot to watch this type of show.
2: So when you are there, what, what do you eat? Like, I imagine like they would serve, would it be, would it be offensive to eat seafood in front of the mermaids? (laughs) Like would Ariel be like flipper? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I what, don't know. Do, what do they
2: have there? What what can you get?
1: <laughs> there are typical tapas and cheese plates and and certain burgers and yes, crab cakes and oh, stuff no. like that. But notable on the menu, which I looked up, it's something called duck wing lollipops. Like, I don't know why they call it lollipops. Maybe there's a stick. I don't know. It's uh, duck wings with mango and orange chutney. And they have a fantastic drink menu and, you know, some of its regular drinks, but instead of like a Moscow mule, it's the mermaid mule or the mermaid blue Hawaiian drink. And there was a picture of it. Yes, it's blue, has like a little um, flower on it that looks like a little mini orchid. It's not an orchid, but it's a little flower. And that would seem really cool. So I would imagine you have to immerse yourself in those tropical drinks. And yeah, you're right. You make a good point. I wouldn't want like a, like a, huge trout on my plate eating while they're swimming. That would be maybe a bit disrespectful. I don't know. But it seems like a really cool place. And and, you know, something that I think, you know, the minute I saw it, I'm like, I totally want to go to this place.
2: Okay, so, yeah, if you're one of those guys who's always wanted to have the fruity, tropical, got an umbrella in it drink, but you haven't wanted to ask, at the bar and be that guy with like the bright blue drink with the flower in it. Now's your chance. Okay. No judgment here. You're at the mermaid (laughs) bar. This is your chance. This is your time to do it. Get that fruity drink.
1: Honestly, looking at it, these people work hard. That's got to be a heck of a workout. I'm telling you, you know, like I said, there's no tanks and, and, uh, it's something really to see.
2: You mean that it's all breath controlled
1: Exactly. What
2: kind of takeaway from the mermaid experience if they were swimming around with a tail and then they had this giant tank on their back, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah, but, the, you know, they're not even going anywhere to get like a little shot of oxygen or anything. It, it To me, it's it's cool because they don't even look like they're struggling. You know, you go down, you swim, you see the bubbles coming out of people's noses, and I don't even see that. I'm like, are they even trying to breathe? It's... It's crazy. It's it's just really cool to watch because they got smiles on their face and like I said, they're they're blowing bubble kisses, which is cute. Because anyway,
2: they're, they're mermaids.
1: people. Yeah, they're they're mer people. Mer people.
2: They're yes, we're we're woke here. They're <laughs> mer persons.
1: We kind of have quite a bit of experience with this next one, and we've talked about it before, but this is Ashley's restaurant in Rockledge, Florida said to be haunted by the ghost of Ethel Allen. So, Michelle, tell us a little bit about Ashley's.
2: I think we did, I'm not sure if it was with Weird Florida or if it was um, something different that we were doing, but I do know we did a paranormal investigation there. I also know that supposedly the most haunted area in the bar is the ladies' room because that's, where Ethel Allen was supposedly murdered. She was murdered in 1934. I think it's a cold case. Is it still a cold case? It is, it is still it a
1: cold case. Nope, it's, it's a cold case.
2: Yeah, and it was. she was found by the river. She was horribly beaten, but she still had on a ruby ring. So the fact that she had the ring made it seem like it was personal and not something like a robbery gone wrong but patrons and staff have witnessed lights turning on and off, dishes flying off the shelves, the feeling of being pushed by unseen hands. Sometimes people see an apparition in the bathroom mirror. I've heard of people saying that they've gotten locked in the stall or they'll see like feet in the stall and then nobody's actually in there. But yeah, nobody really knows what happened, but she's still there. So I don't know if you see her, maybe you can ask her.
1: And it is well documented because it's not just staff members, but it's also patrons that have witnessed these types of things or encountered these types of experiences. It's not just one person. It's multiple accounts. And it's so popular that the whole story of it is on the back of the menu which is interesting. Now, there are other weird things that happened in and around that particular location. I think they said there was an accident, like a car accident, where someone was killed out front of it or someone was killed on the railroad tracks just behind it. So there's been a a couple of swirling ideas of who actually haunts Ashley's restaurant, but the truth is, is why it's more believable that it could be Ethel Allen is, is that when Charlie was looking back into this story, cause he was, he, he wrote that novel, he had, uh, gone into old records and found out that Ashley's restaurant used to be called Jack's Tavern and it was owned by Jack Allen and they believe was a relative of Ethel Allen was like a, a, you know, a relative. So that seemed to at least connect the historical dots of how she could be tied to that location. And the fact that she's had this cold case murder, her body was mutilated, found on the banks of the Indian River. Yeah, she had the ruby ring on her fingers. So they said it wasn't robbery. She had like a stocking wrapped around her neck. And it was just just an awful, awful case. She was only like 19 years old, too. So That's why they believe it's more of an Ethel Allen haunting than these other types of things.
2: I also think that it makes more sense, it being Ethel Allen, because Ethel was found on the edge of the Indian River. So you would think in your head, like, hey, wouldn't she be haunting the area where she had died? You know, wouldn't she be on the river? But it would make sense to tie her to the tavern because if that's where she would frequent and spend her most time, You know, maybe that's where her spirit would, you know, want to go back there. um, Yes. Just because her memories were tied to that area.
1: Absolutely. So it's very interesting, you know, and particularly in that restaurant.
2: You know what's even a better pairing than chicken and waffles? Ghosts and hot wings. (laughs) Listen, wings are good in and of themselves. But if you add a little bit of paranormal flair, that's just an excellent, better than, better than Gator and Waffles, even, I would say.
1: Next on our weird experiences list, we have the Blue Anchor Pub, which is located on Atlantic Avenue in Delray Beach. Now, this is considered one of the most haunted restaurants in Florida. It was constructed in 1846. This Blue Anchor pub remained on Chancery Lane in London for almost 150 years. And unfortunately, London, 1846, that's the same time as Jack the Ripper, and he stalked several victims just outside the pub. It was also the site of a gruesome murder of Bertha Starkey. Now Starkey was a longtime patron who lived above the bar with her seafaring husband who would be gone for this long periods of time. Now upon his early return one day he found Bertha in the arms of another man. He became so enraged he killed them both and this causes Bertha's restless spirit to continually haunt the pub. People have said that they've heard footsteps They see candles extinguished by themselves and pots and pans banging. And occasionally they can hear Bertha wailing.
2: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're talking about Jack the Ripper. You're talking about London. How did the pub wind up in Florida?
1: In the 1990s, the pub's facade and most of its contents were shipped to the U.S. Now, originally it went to New York, and eventually came to Florida. I'm not 100% certain. I'm thinking 96, 97, it came down to Florida, where it was reconstructed here in Delray Beach. Now, there were other owners, but its current owners are Mark and Peggy Snyder, who purchased the bar in 2017.
2: One of the interesting things about this bar that I had heard was that around 10 p.m., is when bertha's husband came home and caught her cheating and committed the murders that's about the time that most of the hauntings occur particularly in the attic so in order to keep these hauntings at bay the uh, staff of the restaurant will ring a bell to try and get her to be quiet
1: it's interesting because a lot of these paranormal investigations that you hear from you know, a lot of times spirits are attached to certain places or even certain objects. It's no wonder that when they moved the building, all of its spirits came with it. You know, it's not like those spirits are still on, let's say, Chancery Lane in that particular spot of London. They're attached to this location for some reason. Now, we did a paranormal investigation with a company called Paranormal Coast, and they actually talked about going into the Blue Anchor Pub, and what they uncovered was more than Bertha Starkey.
0: Sometimes we go in and we're looking for these entities from the past because everybody has a, you know, they have a history.
1: This is Mark Crompton of Paranormal Coast, an elite team that investigates haunted locations. Grace Crompton and Rick Mocker join him to discuss the disturbing evidence they found at the Blue Anchor Pub.
0: We were in the middle of our investigation, and we found out that one entity from a certain period brought us to another entity later on. And that entity ultimately, towards the end of the investigation, actually brought us to a different point, and it was directing us to a certain area in the location.
1: These were all women that were murdered. Mm, Oh, my Um, God. Three women. Wow.
0: One of them was a victim of Jack the Ripper and the third one which was the most interesting to me all of a sudden on the ovelus we you know when we're asking for a name we get isabella and i'm thinking that's an unusual name to get it's not like getting just a, a normal name as soon as it said isabella and we said isabella the bartender said oh my god he said isabella and her husband used to come in here all the time and sit in a certain point where we were getting a lot of activity and he was on trial currently which we didn't know about for her murder he supposedly on a catamaran from the bahamas they had a private catamaran and it supposedly capsized which they proved later that you know he he was found guilty eventually but isabella came in and we we actually started asking her so now it was a current ongoing murder trial and we got her name and she was saying things like she was kicked and then she said bloated and drowned and oh my gosh. and and very she descriptive. And, and it was very descriptive and we actually said we actually went as bold as to say who did this to you and she said him wow and and like i said we found this out because the bartender described this whole thing that was going on and here we were looking for entities of the past and it brought us right into a current situation so that entity was actually trying to communicate with us and and tell us what was going on. Very interesting that it is a multi-generational expression Mm -hmm. that a recent passing, she had passed within the last three years, two years, uh, the prior passing of another woman who had passed 100 years, and then when this Blue Anchor Inn was moved board by board from England, where Jack the Ripper had struck, This one entity was identifying herself as a victim of Jack the Ripper.
2: Wow, that's really interesting to learn that there may have been other spirits there besides Bertha. So this next one is out of this world. If you're from Florida or just a space enthusiast, you should probably know about Kennedy Space Center in Merritt Island, Florida. Merritt Island is kind of considered the space coast. It's that little blip off of the edge of central Florida that you can see. I think that they chose that for the location because it's jutted out so much. I think it's easy to locate. And also the area code in in Merritt Island is 321 because it's 321 Blastoff. I didn't know if you knew that.
1: Oh, cool. No, I didn't know that. What a cool little factoid.
2: If you wanted to learn more space facts, you can dine with an astronaut, and you can ask them all the questions that they want, anything that you might have wanted to know. Don't worry, they don't make you eat space food. I'm not even sure how they would eat in space. That'd probably be the first thing that I would ask them. It's going to be a buffet, 90 minutes, I believe, and then there's a Q&A. <laughs> there's also autographs, and a photo op. It's an add-on when you get a regular Kennedy Space Center ticket, which I went last year for my birthday to Kennedy Space Center. I was born in February, so I was just able to make it before the coronavirus pandemic hit. And it was really a lot of fun. They drive you around tour the different launch sites And you get to see all these different rockets and just experiment with all these different spacey things. And the best part about it is that if you wanted to, you get to dine with an astronaut and get their autograph and everything. And, you know, when else are you going to be able to meet an astronaut in person and ask them any question that you wanted to ask them previously?
1: Yeah. Astronauts are kind of like rock stars, I'm going to give a little shout out here to our podcast friends, the Nomadic Travelers, um, Jason Lawrence and Nicole Potter. They went on this particular trip and Nicole went ahead and did this dine with an astronaut and she just couldn't say enough good things about it. She said the food was phenomenal. It's like this full... Three-course meal, you know, they sit you at different tables and then they bring the food to you. It's like your salad. You get a choice of an entree, which could be salmon, it could be chicken, it could be beef. And then you have desserts and beverages. And I mean, I don't think that they have alcoholic beverages, but they have beverages. And I read in one report that they actually offered Tang, (laughs) which was supposed to be the drink of astronauts. But anyway, she said it was absolutely phenomenal. It is like 90 minutes, so you got to, you know, plot out your time. There's also a calendar that you can look at when you go on the Kennedy Space Center website if you're interested. So you can see who's going to be dining that day because it, it's offered just about every every day. Because you can kind of, I mean, for me, I would sit there and do a little bit of background on them and then be able to ask a bunch of questions. But it truly is an uplifting experience and definitely worth it. Yes, I was with you when we went to the Kennedy Space Center, and I felt like almost Michelle like we ran out of time. We could have spent more than just a day there. They have one thing there that is a whole flight experience that lasts almost a whole day or a half a day or something where you train like an astronaut. And that's a that's like a whole thing. but they have a lot of stuff going on there. And I truly believe it's it's definitely worth a trip even more than one day if you're going to try to experience all these things. But to be that up close and personal to these gigantic rockets were amazing to me. It was a really cool experience. This next one is kind of in your neck of the woods because it's located in Central Florida in Delion Leon Spring State Park. And it's the Old Spanish Sugar Mill. I know we were trying <laughs> desperately to go there. It didn't work out because it is so popular, right? I mean, it's the waiting list can be ridiculous, right?
2: Well, no, what happens is I love to kayak and tube and do all this fun stuff. And every time I want to go to the Old Spanish Sugar Mill, All the locals tell me, get there early, it gets busy. So we always wind up going, oh, it's too late, we're not going to go. But I am determined to go to the old Spanish sugar mill because at the table you can make your own pancakes and I know what you're thinking Why do I go to a restaurant if I am making my own food? But I like the fact that it's right there in front of you and you can make it however you want And it's just really fun, you know to do and you're right there on the water So you can go you can visit the spring you could do your kayaking tubing whatever pet an alligator I don't recommend that and then after that you can go and you can have your griddle pancakes Cakes right at your
1: table. It's called the Sugar Mill Grill that's located in the old Spanish Sugar Mill State Park. And yes, it's like 625 acres. And it has this natural spring that's like in the centerpiece. And they say the Mayakans lived there 6,000 years ago. And in the 1700s, it had a plantation for cotton and sugarcane. And in the 1800s was the first water-powered sugar mill in Florida. Now, unfortunately, that sugar mill was destroyed horribly in the Seminole Wars and the Civil Wars, and it had to be rebuilt, I think, several times. The sugar mill grill is located in the 100-year-old replica of that 1830 sugar mill. Now I read somewhere, Michelle, I'm not sure if they still do this today, but they were actually using the mill to grind the flour that's used for the pancakes.
2: That's awesome. I was having this conversation the other day when I was at breakfast. Why is it that when you make pancakes at home and you get them at a restaurant, they're always better at the restaurant? Do you ever notice that? Like, I'm like, why aren't they as fluffy and grittily? And yeah. just awesome as they are when you make them at home. I, but they do also offer different food as well. If you're not feeling like having pancakes, but you just want something different. And they're pretty reasonably priced too. Uh, not, not too expensive there. But I just want to sit at a table, make my own pancakes with my friends.
1: Yeah, it's the atmosphere. It's, it, was, um, it was renamed Ponce de Leon Springs. And that spring was referred to as the Fountain of Youth.
2: So, these are actually healthy pancakes because if you think about it, if Ponce de Leon Spring, Dillion Spring State Park, is the fountain of youth and you're eating pancakes from the fountain of youth, technically those are anti aging pancakes and they are good for you.
1: <gasps> oh, yeah, totally. That's all we all need pancakes. Absolutely. That That's makes so, so much healthy. sense
2: healthy pancakes. There you go.
1: So let's let's just recap a minute before we close this out, because we've got some good stuff. So we started out with the rec bar that has the burlesque underwater, you know, mer people entertaining you. And it's like in a Spanish galleon ship, which is really, really cool. Then if you want, you know, spirits of a different kind, you can go to Ashley's in Rockledge. Or you can hit up the Blue Anchor Pub if Ashley's wasn't enough. You could go to Delray Beach and, you know, give a shout out to Bertha Starkey and ring that bell at 10 p.m. Or an out-of-this-world experience at Kennedy Space Center. Uh, You can get up close and personal with an astronaut, which is kind of cool. Or the Old Spanish Sugar Mill in Delion Spring State Park, which is in central Florida, and you can make your own pancakes. So I think this is a good list. This is definitely wonderful places you can go visit, and it really does help support that backbone of American enterprise to help these restaurants come back from all being shut down for so long. We've got some great places here.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's not just public subs and key lime pie here. There's a whole myriad of different things that you can try if you're looking for a bite in Florida.
1: So there you have it. Okay, Michelle, thanks for joining us. We'll get together again soon for another episode.
2: Thanks for having me. You want to go get lunch?
1: Oh, definitely. I'll be right there. Okay, let's go. That was SoFlow Weird contributor, Michelle McCardle talking about Florida's unusual dining experiences. Now we'd love to hear from you. Have you ever been to any of these restaurants? Then tell us about it. You can comment on our website at soflowweird.com or on our SoFlow Weirdos Facebook group. Next, how one small Florida town pays tribute to a marsupial marvel in a tasty and big way. This is an excerpt from Charlie Carlson's book, Weird Florida. In the northwestern community of Wausau stands a large granite monument dedicated to the possum. The marsupial memorial honors the possum for providing food and fur to humans during hard times. In 1982, the Florida legislature passed a joint resolution proclaiming the first Saturday in August as Florida's Possum Day. Wausau celebrates the day each year with a possum festival and the election of a possum king and queen. The festivities are held at the arena called Wausau's Possum Palace. We would assume that if they serve possum, it comes with sweet potatoes. This year, the Wausau Possum Festival will take place on Saturday, August 7th, and they'll celebrate in style with their signature parade, arts and crafts, music, a possum trot 5k, and the hog calling rooster crowing cow lowing contests. And if you're hungry, try the possum stew and possum ice cream. Know of a weird place or have a weird tale to tell? Go to SoflowWeird.com. If you want more strange Florida stories, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and visit us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at SoFlowWeird. And please join our SoFlow Weirdos Facebook group, where we share Florida's dubious tales every week. I'm Mia Lorenzo. Thank you for listening to the SoFlow Weird Show. Special thanks goes to our weird announcer Joe Johnson. And my co-host today, Michelle McArdle, who also provides promotion and production assistance. This has been a Sideshow Charlie production inspired by Florida's master of the weird, Charlie Carlson. Stay weird, everybody.